0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Handmade Jewelers podcast. This episode, I get the pleasure of interviewing Danny, founder of Happy Jewelers, on his story and advice for small-scale jewelers to grow their brands. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy.
1: So let's just... Jump right in. That's all good with you. Cool. Yeah. All right. So how did you get into jewelry? Uh,
2: family. Um, me and my brother are second-generation jewelers. Um, my dad started um, as a jewelry repair and manufacturer in Istanbul, Turkey. And he came to the United States, and he opened up a small manufacturing and just kind of grew it over, over time. And ever since me and my brother were young, I mean, at the age of, like, seven, eight, we used to go to work with them all the time. All throughout, since seventh grade, every weekend, we were at work. You know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, no excuses, you're up, you're at work, you're learning the business. So, you know, by the time we were juniors and seniors of high school, we kind of knew the business uh, pretty well, you know. And when I was 18, I opened up a private store in Newport Beach. When my brother was 18, we opened up uh, what's now Happy Jewelers. And um well, we just kinda grew it ever since, you know. We we learned from the manufacturing side of the business. So we, we understood how to make the jewelry, how to create it, the quality, craftsmanship, what's possible, what's not, what's smart to do, what's safe, um, you know, et cetera. So we just learned the ins and outs of the business ever since we were young. I mean it was just it came natural, you know?
1: Yeah, it's cool. Do you love doing
2: it. I love it, man. It's it's yeah. it's a passion for me. I just love it because um, you know, if you if you ever come to our store and you see the the vibe and the atmosphere and the way it is, it's not really work, you know? It's yeah. more of a hangout. You know, customers come, they hang out, we have I mean our relationship with our customers are not it's not a business to business relationship. It's more of a friend to friend, family to family, so it just makes it a lot of fun. You know, we have a really good team that works for us. And our customers are awesome. And I, I really mean that. I know a lot of companies say, oh,
0: you know, our customers
2: are awesome and this and that. And they just do it for, like, you know, advertisement. Um, But in our case, it really is. And if you came to our store, you would see it.
1: Yeah. So when did you know you wanted jewelry to be your career?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I think I've always known it. Um, but probably when I was, like, 16. Um, mm-hmm. I really, uh, started taking it like really, really seriously, like 15 16 where, you know, I said, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do as my life career. And, um, I just wanted to take over the family business, you know?
1: Yeah, that's cool. So how do you strategize, uh, creating social media growth around like happy jewelers?
2: So social media, um, I mean, as you know, social media is business now, right? I mean, that's kind of like where all the companies go. It's kind of where the industry is in all aspects, not just jewelry. You know, you yeah. have all these celebrities. I mean, I mean, you have these, like, uh, influencers making millions of dollars a year just from Instagram. It's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. we realized that early on in the jewelry business that a lot of jewelers were starting to go to social media, and people were following, people were getting ideas, girls. You know, we're seeing pictures, videos, telling their boyfriends. Um, so we just caught on really early. And, um, we have a girl that works for us, which she's actually a blogger too. Um, mm. Haley. Um, she understands the, the social media business really well. She gets it. She knows what people want. She knows what people like. And, you know, I'm not going to take the credit for the Instagram because it's not me. Um, it really is her that does all of it, you know, 90, mm. 95% of it. And, the rest of our girls that work for us also take part in it, but she's kind of like the head, you know?
1: Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone that wants to scale their uh, small jewelry brand through social media?
2: Service. Service, customer, uh service. Honestly, you just, I mean, for any business, to be honest with you, to grow your business and to make a healthy business, it's just service and guarantee is really what it is. I mean, if you give a customer a good service, they're going to be happy and they're going to talk about you. If mm-hmm. something happens and a customer comes in and you take care of that item and you lifetime guarantee it, it goes a really long way. It's like your best advertisement because you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month or a year on advertising. But the best advertisement is from a customer's mouth to another future customer's mouth. If you have a friend or family member telling you, hey, these guys are the best, go to them. I mean, you already have that. You know, you already have that relationship almost established. You know, and as long as you continue to grow it, it's really good. And I mean, for new businesses, I know it's tough growing. Just don't take shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Is really what mm-hmm. it is. You know, I mean, any business that I know that has failed has tried to take shortcuts. The quality's not good. The guarantee's not good. You know, don't nickel and dime. Don't nickel and dime customers. You know,
0: this is yeah. my main thing. Yeah. For
2: us, it's everything is guaranteed once you buy an item from us, you'll never spend another dollar on that item. Everything else is backed by us, whether you bring it in every year to get checked and serviced, or if you don't, it doesn't matter. I mean, you'll never hear you know, me say, hey, it's gonna be a $30 charge for a stone missing. You're never gonna hear me say that out of my store, you know? It's always, hey, don't worry about it, we got to cover it covered, we'll take care of it, we'll check everything else, and we give the item back as good as new, you know?
1: Yeah, that's really good. I, like I don't know that. if that answers the question. No, it's definitely, I like it. Yeah, it's a really, I like that. It's really cool you have to do that. It's a really good policy. Yeah. So what is something that has come unexpected from being a successful jeweler?
2: Nothing really, man. To be honest, I'm not going to lie to you because, you know, um I grew up in a really busy, you
0: know, for me, I'm the
2: younger of my brother. And when I got into the retail side of the business fully, my brother had a pretty kinda of established the store. So it was already it was already a busy store, it was already a successful store. Um coming in, so I didn't really have any of those expectancies.
1: Alright, so what's the biggest thing you've learned for your journey to become a successful jeweler?
2: Quality of craftsmanship is the biggest thing I've learned. How to perfect an item, you know? Um, how different how different setters, different jewelers will give you a different product and how to be able to tell whether that product is a good quality or bad quality. huh you know, ever since I was young, my daddy's always, you know, when one of his guys would give him a job, if it was not up to his standards, my dad would have melt the piece down and make the guy redo it because he was always He was afraid that the jeweler was just trying to, like, you know, Mickey Mouse it, fix it really quick, and give it back to him. So my dad would actually put a torch to it, melt it, and make the guy redo it. Because in our business, craftsmanship is the same. You know, not to sound cocky or arrogant, but one of the reasons why a lot of people like our product over others and why people all around the world will actually send us their diamonds for us to make their ring is because every single one of our side diamonds is individually picked. If we take a millimeter gauge to every single one of our stones, they are exactly measurement, the exact millimeter to the other, and we set all of our side diamonds, which are the smaller ones, under microscopes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so mm-hmm. it's like literally perfection. Every single one of our items, it'll always sparkle, it'll always look better, and it'll last a lifetime. So the biggest thing I've kind of learned is um, how to perfect craftsmanship, because something could always look to the eye, but it's really not.
1: Yeah. So what advice would you have for someone that wants to improve their jewelry creation?
2: Um, I'm going to say service again. (laughs) I'm going to say service, guarantee, and craftsmanship is really what it is. It's it's customer relation. I mean, if you have a good relationship with a customer to where you're friends or family with them, that customer is going to be your customer for life. They're never going to go anywhere. But if you don't have a good attitude towards customers and you don't always have a smile on your face and you don't give them the service they deserve, there's plenty of other jewelers out there that will give them that service. So I think that's what differentiates successful businesses in general than non-successful businesses. It's all relationship-based, especially now today. There's so much competition in the world. It's not like 40 years ago, 50 years ago when you know, you used to go down and there was like five jewelry stores and you took your pick and there was no Yelp and there was no Google reviews or anything like that, you know? Today, you really do have to give the service. You have to appreciate your customer's business. You always have to be nice. You always have to be good. You have to be able good product. And uh, you have to have a good relationship with the people because, I mean, if you're not going to give it to the customer, somebody else is.
1: Mm-hmm. So... What thought do you put into building a brand around your business? Story-wise, you try to tell a story in your brand at all?
2: Of course, of course, yeah. We do have a story on our brand. I mean, my dad, um, my dad migrated here uh, close to four, uh, close to thirty-five years ago uh, from Turkey to L.A. with very, very little. Um, he created a manufacturing, a very successful manufacturing business So we actually generated from the manufacturing wholesale side of the business and then he wanted to get into retail because my dad loved... My dad loved the joy that jewelry brings people, right? Happy, right. You want to make your daughter happy. When you give jewelry, it brings joy to people. I mean, you pretty much almost... You're you're a big symbol of the marriage, too, by the engagement ring. So my dad really enjoyed that aspect of it. He loved the relationship of it. So he wanted to get into the retail side of it, too. So um, we created the the retail stores, and, I mean, our brand is just... Family owned, I mean strictly family owned business, second generation. Me and my brother run the business. My two sisters also work with us as well, too, for about 10 years before uh, they got married and had children and couldn't, couldn't come in and work anymore. Um, you know, but our brand is mainly based on, um, family owned, family business and we treat you like family when you come in.
1: So do you take any steps to try to like grow a community around your brand?
2: Of course i mean we we donate to a lot of different charities a lot of different schools i mean if you if you're if you're in orange county or la county and you see happy jewelers i guarantee 40 to 50 percent of the people either come to us or have heard of us Mm -hmm. um yeah so of course i mean that that's our main thing i mean is the question you asked, I mean, that's that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years, you know, is creating Yeah. A...
1: So what was the biggest challenge of growing your company and brand? Uh,
2: maintaining the craftsmanship and delivery time is our was our main main thing. You know, before, we used to create a product, a custom order in about two to three weeks, and we used to finish it. Um, today, now, it takes us about uh, four to six weeks to create a custom product which is, um, I mean, that, that pushes us back a lot because we have so many back orders, but the main thing is to find um, slide setters and jewelers that will give you the craftsmanship that you want, if that makes sense. So, I mean, the biggest problem with our growth and the most difficulty was maintaining our craftsmanship because that's something we'll never, ever um, let slide. We'll never, ever accept it. And we'll never ever let that go down because that's what makes us us.
1: Yeah, so like hiring almost is was the hardest part, finding people like
2: hiring. Exactly. Yeah,
1: can maintain it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, hiring so, staff and hiring jewelers. Because you know, for me, um when I hire on the manufacturing side, I like experienced jewelers, but experienced jewelers that know the craftsmanship and the quality. There's two types of jewelers, right? There's a the guy that just does the item, doesn't care about it, and there's a the guy that's proud of his work. It's like an artist, right? Yeah. A jeweler is an artist and a setter is an artist in in perspective because, I mean, they're creating an item, right? It's not easy to do what they do. I mean, you have to literally... uh, Have you ever made jewelry or seen jewelry made?
1: Uh, I've seen it made. I haven't made it.
2: It's very difficult, dude. I mean, you got to like... You know, when you're creating an item, you got to make sure that the thicknesses on both ends are straight. You got to make sure that the... They're perfectly leveled on the inside. So you gotta literally polish it, shave it, you gotta polish the insides of it, you gotta clean it up. When you're setting the stone, you gotta literally, you know, drill
0: each four
2: corners on the small diamonds. And when you set it, you have to look at it under a microscope and make sure that the girdle of the stone is perfectly straight. It's not an easy task. I give these guys a lot of props. Um, it's a lot of patience and, um, it's not; it's not an easy task. I think they have the hardest. And for my retail side of it, um, I like it when a person ha doesn't have knowledge in the jewelry business because I teach them what we know, right? I don't I don't want somebody to come in with bad habits or yeah. a different ideal, a different idea, or a different. Um, I like to teach them the way we sell the product and our service. You know.
1: Yeah. Keep the keep the culture. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you feel that there's a meaning behind all of your pieces? Of course.
2: Yeah, of course, man. I mean engagement rings, I mean, it symbolizes love, right? I mean you're you're giving somebody an item that's gonna change their life forever. You know, you give somebody an engagement ring. I mean the meaning behind that for that person is huge. You know, I remember when I was buying an engagement ring for my wife and I was creating that. I mean, it was such an important time in my life because, you know, you're pretty much giving your life to that other person to share it forever, right? Have a family, have kids, have grandkids. So, of course, there's a meaning to every single piece that we create, and that meaning is made by the individual that's buying it. You know, whether it's an anniversary, a birthday, an engagement, you know, a push gift, you know, that's a big thing too now. There's a lot of push gifts, so. Um, I always say that's the most important one to all the wives out there if you want the biggest gift and you don't know what to ask for it, ask for it when you're having, when you're having this kid.
1: So, do you have an overarching goal for your career in jewelry? Like, uh, end goal? Yeah, or just like, yeah, something you're, or not, it doesn't have to be end, but something you're definitely, like, working towards, like, something in your mind?
2: No, I mean, honestly, man, um, God bless us with a very healthy and successful business and, um, it's just to continue to keep it going, you know? Yeah. uh, I always tell people, it's not necessarily uh, money that strives us. Um, It's just the joy that it brings us, you know, when we do it. I love it. I love what I do every day. When I go into work, when I'm on my way to work, I have a smile on my face. When I'm at work, I have a smile on my face. I have a good time. I I love it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no, like, it's just continuing to do what I do, you know, and just continuing to have a successful business, a healthy business. And uh, continuing to make sure my customers
1: are happy at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. So, does your company have a, a formal like market like testing process where you look to see what kind of like demand wise you guys need to make, and uh, where do you guys get inspiration for your pieces?
2: Are you asking kind of like what market we target?
1: I'm asking like half like if you guys have a formal process where you try to figure out what designs are. And like important for you guys to make for the market demand, and then also, where it's a similar question, where you get inspiration for your pieces?
2: Okay, um, so today's market, the way it's going with the new generation, <coughs> so old generations with our parents, they used to buy a lot more jewelry, right? Um, today, it's not like that. You know, a woman, uh, a lady doesn't want eight bracelets, ten different earrings, and um, you know, fifteen different rings to wear, right? It's kind of just an engagement ring. Maybe a couple pairs of earrings, a couple bracelets, and, and that's it, you know. So, um, our main target where we go, um, is engagement rings is our main specialty. And we do a lot of high-end watches as well. Uh, we're one of the biggest, like, high-end watch dealers probably in Orange County. Um, we have a huge stock in Rolex, Cartier, Paddocks, Panerai, anything like that. And, um, we have probably one of the biggest, um, diamond stock. I think probably the biggest in any retail store. I think we probably have one of the biggest in the world, to be honest. In all honesty, not not including like wholesalers and diamond dealers and stuff like that. I'm talking about a single retail store. Um, I don't think anybody can compete with our prices on engagement because that is our specialty. Um, we buy in bulk. We buy in high demand, and uh, our inspiration from our pieces is what customers desire. Right? When people bring items in. They say, "Hey, I like this or this, and I like this style or this style." When we get multiple requests, that's when we start custom making items for those uh, for ideas that customers bring. So our inspirations come from our customers.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
2: Um, Did I answer I'll, your questions?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much.
2: Okay. Was there anything
1: like I didn't get or? No, that was pretty. That was yeah, it's good. Thank you so much for okay. your time. Yeah, so really appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much. Right. Thanks, yeah, thank you. All right. All right.
0: I'll see ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to episode five of the Handmade Jewelers Podcast. Big thank you to Danny from Happy Jewelers for taking the time to do this interview. I hope you guys learned something. If you guys could leave feedback on our social, we're at displays, Sulis Displays, S U L I S Displays, on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Facebook. Be great if you could hit us up in the comments, comment a timestamp that was helpful for you so we can continue to cater this content to help you as best as possible. Hope to see you guys again next time. Thank you so much for listening.